You're listening to the Coastal Church Audio Podcast with Pastor Dave Coop. Christmas can be a, a time where things get amplified for the good or the bad. And uh, we, the messages this December are meant to help us in this season to reflect on the truths that are really important for us. For some people, Christmas can be a really, really lonely time and even a depressing time. And for other people, it's a time of family and great celebration, and they can't wait to get through it. And for some families, it's a time where they, they struggle with their finances, they want to buy the presents and end up going into debt. And so Christmas seems to just amplify a lot of things. And if we've gone through family challenges, it get amplified that. Or if you, if you had a loved one who passed away this past year, and mom or dad or maybe your grandpa isn't there this Christmas, that gets amplified. So things get amplified at Christmas. And our theme this December has been a Christmas wish list because we, we make a wish list. And the first Sunday I brought out one of my wish list for my daughter and she had all these things that she was wishing for and different stuff and but really that's just the outside behind the scenes we're wishing for something much deeper than maybe what we're expressing really we want family we want to be with our family there's something in us that just draws us back to family you you can't you can push it down but there's this drawing for family inside of us and uh it's interesting, a couple of years ago, we found out that Starbucks stayed open on Robson Street over Christmas because there were so many people that just didn't have anywhere to go. And Starbucks really became the second home, and people went to Starbucks on Christmas just to have a place to go to. What, what is that? That's a longing for family that God put in us. That's a natural desire that only God can really uh, meet through what he's provided. And then Last week, we talked about a wish for significance. This, too, is a desire that God put in us, and only God can truly satisfy that. If you miss those messages, they're really key to where we're going, and check out the podcast and stay up uh, just to refresh yourself. Last week's message especially, we had a lot of feedback on that because it touched a nerve because we live in a world that says, here's how you get approval in this world. Here's how you get significance, but God has a totally different way of it, and his way is truly a better way, which is what our whole year has been about God has a better way today we're going to talk about a wish for joy so let's pray and ask God to teach us as we go into the word this morning Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is alive. You said, my word is living. My word is spirit. And it speaks to our spirit. So today, we open up our hearts and we say, Lord, would you please speak to us? Would you refresh us? Holy Spirit, you are the great teacher. We could be doing so many other things this morning. But we simply pray that you would speak into our hearts this morning. We ask in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. All right. Well. I had an article this week that caught my eye. It was um, about Google. And this is what the article said. On Wednesday, Google Canada unveiled its top searches of the year and alongside the usual suspects, newsmaking, politicians, celebrities, athletes, and musicians were two gems likely to be overlooked. That the country's most, this is Canada, the country's most popular what is Curie of 2012, the most popular what is was this in Canada, what is love? And the second highest trending was, was the how-to curie, which was how to love. So the things that we were Googling the most in what is was what is love, and the how-to was how to love. The article went on to say, every once in a while you stumble on these amazing, slightly esoteric searches where people are trying to figure themselves out and figure out what it all means, says Aaron Brindle, spokesman for Google. It tells us about not only the year that was, but also about the human condition. 
So his comments from Google was, there's something about our human condition. We are looking for what is love, and we're looking, how can we love? That's where our world is at. Are we surprised? I don't think so. And then we go back to the Christmas message, for God so loved the world. The answer really is found in God, and the world's looking for it. There is a hunger for it. There's a huge hunger for it. Today we're going to be talking about joy. Somebody wrote this. They said, love is the key. Joy is love singing. Peace is love resting. Long-suffering is love enduring. Kindness is love's touch. Goodness is love's character. Faithfulness is love's habit. Self-control is love holding the reins. That's a good quote. came from Donald Gray Barnhouse. Now, every day in your mail, you'll get certain flyers. You turn on the TV, there's certain advertisements. You go on the newspaper, there's certain advertisements. Or if you go on the website, advertisements will pop up to you. And all of them are kind of promising, if you buy this, if you do this, if you get this service or this product, you're going to find happiness. This is your key to happiness. Really, you're not selling an iPad. You're selling, if you get this, your life will be better, your life will be fulfilled. You'll be happy if you get a new iPad. I was in the in the Apple store the other day, and now they have a smaller version of iPad. You know, you, you, you got the phone size that does basically the same thing. Now you got this size that does the same thing. And now you got one in between that does a new thing, uh, same thing. And I was talking to the guy, and he said, oh, no, you got to get this version. I said, well, I have the phone, and I have the iPad. No, no, you need this one because it's right in between. And so my, my life would have great joy if I got the latest Apple product in between there. And, you know, for a while, I think, oh, you know, this makes sense. Yeah, you know, it's only. And he says, now, you really need a 64K. You don't, need, don't get 16, get 64. And, and so I think, well, how much is that? He says, well, for $800. I said, oh, well, for $800, my life would be complete. I would have the middle phone here or the middle application, the latest product. And so really they're, they're selling, you know, in a way they're selling your happiness. This, is what, this, will, this will make you happy. Get this. We're going to talk about great joy today, true joy and the true source of it. Because all these things that we need, we're wishing for different things. And maybe that's on your wish list. And, and if it is, I hope you get it. And that will be nice. But really what we're looking for deep down inside is something much deeper, a real type of joy. Joy is defined as great pleasure and happiness, a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. In the Bible, when we see the word joy, interesting, it comes from the Greek word kara which means calm delight. It's the same word that we get charisma from. Charisma, kara. If you say somebody charismatic, automatically think they're happy and joyous, right? They're kind of a charismatic personality. Well, in the Greek, the root word for charisma is this word kara, which we get our word joy from. But also, the root word for grace is kara. In God's world, joy and grace are connected because grace really is a source of joy. Because joy, God's joy, is not dependent on what you own. It's not dependent on what you get. It's not dependent on your performance. There is a source of joy that goes beyond your circumstances. This is true joy. Really, this is what we're wishing for, is this kind of joy. And it's connected to grace. It's not connected to what you perform. It's not connected, not connected to what you get. There's a source of joy that's not on the outside. There's a source of joy that's on the inside. God's joy is an inside job. The world's source of happiness is on the outside. Happiness is circumstance-related. Happiness is related to what is happening to you. Well, this is happening to me, so I'm happy. Well, joy is something on the inside. And God came to bring us great 
Joy. This is on the inside. Great joy. This is really what we wish for, for great joy. Joy is a medicine. If you're taking notes, you want to put in that word medicine. Proverbs 17.22 says, a cheerful heart. A cheerful heart. We're a three-part being. We remember that. We have a body. We have a soul, mind, will, emotions, but we have a heart, a soul. I mean, a spirit. And that's the real you inside of us. And that's where the source of joy is. So, a cheerful heart does good like medicine. But a broken spirit makes one sick. Would you agree with that? When people are broken on the inside, doesn't their health break down right away too? There's a lot of truth in this verse. This verse was written a long, long time ago by Solomon. But you know today they're doing more and more studies and they are finding that this is absolutely the truth. That if you laugh, you're actually a healthier person. And laughing is part of joy. There's a joy inside of us that allows us to laugh and allows us to be happy. And it's coming from the inside, not just the outside. Doctors tell us that laughter will strengthen your immune system. Here's a surprising stat. Adults laugh on average 15 times a day. Children laugh on average 400 times a day. I got one question to you. What happened to us? How come we don't laugh anymore? Laughing is absolutely really, really good for you. They did a study and they found that... uh, Laughing on a regular basis, or people that laugh regularly are 40% less likely to have a heart attack than people who don't laugh regularly. Laughing is good for you. There's a doctor in California, the California Irvine Medical Center. His name is Lee Burke, and he did a study on immune systems and how mood affects it, and he found laughter has a role in fighting viruses, bacteria, cancer, and heart disease. He found that if you watch a one-hour humorous video, it reduced stress uh, hormone, that reduces stress hormone secretion and helped the immune system counter viruses and bacteria. Just a one-hour video. Uh, I heard Joel Osteen speak about his mom. In 1981, she was diagnosed with cancer and she was destined to die unless something changed. And one of the things that she did on a daily basis, uh, instead of just staying in her bed, she would go and she watched cartoons for an hour and just laughed. She just got out of her bed, sat down and watched cartoons and laughed. She did a lot of other things, of course, but one of the things she did is every day she gave herself a dose of laughter. It's scriptural to laugh. He said in this study, Dr. Burke, he said another interesting thing was that if he had a group of men and he told them, three days from now, you're going to watch an incredible, funny movie. And he said that alone reduced things. It reduced their depression by 51%. Just anticipating it reduced stress. It reduced reduced their depression, anger, fatigue, tension, all went down. And he said right after the viewing, after they had laughed, their depression, anger, both were down 98%. And uh, fatigue went down 87%. Confusion, 75%. There's just something about being joyous. There's something about a good laugh. When was the last time you had a really good belly laugh? Just a really, really good laugh. And sometimes you find something funny and somebody else doesn't find something funny, but just find what, what makes you laugh and have a good laugh. You go to say, I went to church this morning and they taught me that I need to laugh. And that's absolutely true. We need to have a good laugh and find out it's healthy. But there's, this, there's something more than just the outside circumstances that will bring us joy. There's something on the inside that God gives us a supernatural joy. This joy is a gift. Philippians 3 verse 1 says, whatever happens. Would you say that with me? Whatever happens. 
whatever happens. How many know in life, stuff happens, right? In life, just some stuff happens. And here, Paul says, in whatever happens, dear brothers and sisters, may the Lord give you joy. Whatever happens. Sometimes you have a, during the week, bad stuff happens. What does God give you? Joy. Good stuff happens, God gives you joy. And whatever happens, God deals you joy. God gives you joy. Where does the joy download to? If I sink this, it sinks into this thing, right? But God sinks into my heart, into my spirit. This is where he downloads a joy. He gives us joy in our spirit. Wow. Let me take you to the headwaters of joy. It's available for every one of us. First of all, I have to tell you that God is joyful. God is filled with joy. Sometimes you have this picture of God, the Father in heaven. I am God. I am your father. And we kind of have this stoic picture of an old man with a beard. And he's, you know, I'm going to get you if you make a mistake. And I am God. And he goes, ooh, okay. But we don't think him of as joyful. We don't think him as laughing. I got a verse for you this morning that's going to really set you on fire. Zechariah, I mean, Zephaniah 3.17. The Lord God is with you. That alone is a place to shout. The Lord God is with you. Man, you have the big guy on your side. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what's happening in your life, but the Lord God is with you. That's a source of joy. God's with me. The Lord God's with you. He is a hero who saves you. He happily rejoices over you, renews you with his love. Now, you ready for this last part? Fasten your seatbelt. Here we go. And celebrates over you with shouts of joy. That's really Does God really do that? Yeah, he really does that. He celebrates over Carmen with shouts of joy. Yay, Carmen! Oh, I love Carmen! Carmen! Oh, yay, Carmen! Shouts of joy over Carmen. No, that's not my picture of God. Well, get a new picture of God. This is God. He, He shouts over you with joy. God is joyful. Heaven is joyful. We have this you know, picture of heaven, this religious picture with stained glass windows all around it. We get to heaven, we float around on this little white puffy cloud, and we, you know, we, there's a little harpist beside us, and we think, man, how boring, how dull. I got news for you. When you get to heaven, you're going to laugh more than you've ever laughed on planet Earth. If you, if you think, man, I, I just need to have a, go to a good movie, have a good laugh, or I just need a, a good joke to, to wait till heaven comes. You're, you're going to be surprised. Isn't it, isn't it fun to laugh? It just, it just does something for you. It's amazing. Well, heaven is what we have here times a million. In heaven, it says over one person who gives their life to God, who comes to realize that they don't have to be caught in sin anymore, it says heaven throws a party, and there's great joy in heaven over one. Heaven is a very joyful place. So we've got to kind of kick over that religious cow that God is this dreary, sad, you know, mean face, stoic. No, he, he is a God of great joy. That is one of his attributes, is a God of joy. Look at Luke chapter 2, verse 9 to 11, the Christmas story. And here, behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them. This is before the shepherds. The glory of the Lord shone around them. They were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold... I bring you good tidings of great joy. Would you say that with me? Great joy. One more time. Great joy, which will be to all people. 
For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Great joy. Not fake joy, great joy. You can get fake joy out of a bottle of Jack Daniels. You can get fake joy out of something you smoked or fake joy out of some circumstance. But this is great joy. Not depend on something outside or not depend on some chemical in your system. This is a spirit of joy in your heart. Great joy, which, who's it for? All people. Last time I checked in here, we're all people. We're all qualified. So this is for everybody here this morning. Wow. I love it. Great joy. Joy is an amazing lubrication. It just smooths things out in our life. When we're going through hard times, there's something about joy that just keeps us in those moments. Hmm. I brought an illustration here this morning. See if I can find it. I borrowed one of my wife's gla- glasses today. This is a glass, and uh, there's something hidden in here. And, and joy is like that. Sometimes in our day, we have to take a look at through God's perspective because there's something hidden in here that God sees. And joy is like that. Sometimes you have to say, God, what are you seeing in this? Because if I, if I take my pen out, you'll hear something really amazing here with this little glass. You know what's hidden in here? Listen. There's music in here. There's a note in this glass. And in, in your circumstances, in whatever you're going through, and whatever happening, just say, God, where are you in this? You'll find that he's in there. He's in your situation. God, I don't see it right now, but would you just show me the music in this situation? We'll get to this, but I have to tell you, singing and music is one powerful weapon that we have no matter what we're going through. And if you listen carefully, and you'll find there's music in your situation. Happy Joy is a choice that is not dependent on your circumstances. Joy is internal. It's not based on feelings or circumstances. There's a fellow who wrote a book called, I Once Was Blind, But Now I Squint. His name was Ken Crockett. And in the book, he says, One day, my wife Cindy refueled our car at a filling station in a Texas town. Instead of, giving, instead of driving up to the self-service pump, she accidentally pulled up to the full service. Have you ever done that? She pulled up to full service. She didn't realize the luxury cost of the extra 50 cents a gallon until she paid for the gas. Later, she told me how the station hiked up the prices on full service. That extra 50 cents per gallon had to be a violation of some federal law. I thought I quickly calculated the extra $7 she spent on full service would have taken us another 128.33 miles further down the road if she brought self-service gas. The full service gas station robbery, robbery had me fuming for several hours. As I was mulling over this terrible injustice, God showed me what I had done. I sold my joy for $7. I never realized how cheaply I would surrender something so valuable just as Esau exchanged his birthright for a bowl of soup. I exchanged my joy for $7 worth of gas. Don't let the enemy steal your joy. Amen. It is because the joy of the Lord is our strength. You know what he wants? He wants your joy. He wants you to give it up. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. It's, It's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. The enemy has the opposite. He he doesn't have joy. He's got the opposite of it. And he wants you to give up your joy. Now, 
One of the reasons I'm speaking this message is today because I'm not sure you're going to like this, but I have to tell it to you. During the Christmas season, you're going to be tested on this. It might be your mother-in-law. It might be your outlaw. It might be your... It might be your neighbor, it might be your boss, but somebody will give you a test on this. Don't sell your joy for $7 worth of gasoline, all right? Don't sell your joy for something. No, you're not going to steal my joy. It's not for sale. I'm going to keep the joy of the Lord as I go through life. It's not, my joy is not dependent on my circumstances. James 1 verse 2 says this, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Now, that doesn't make sense. Not in our kingdom, but in the upside-down kingdom it does. In the world, it doesn't make sense. But in God's kingdom, it does. Count it all joy when you get a raise. Count it all joy when you, it's count all joy when you fall into various trials. Count it all joy? Are you serious? Yes. Why? Because this produces faith. It produces endurance. Something comes out of it. Count it all joy. Let me put it this way. You can always count on joy to get you through the trials. Joy will get you through the hard times of life. And it's not dependent on your circumstances. It's this gift that God gave us that's on the inside of us. And do we need it over the Christmas season? Yeah, we really do. We need it then. There was a study done at the Institute of Child Behavior Research by a doctor named Dr. Bernard Rimland. And uh, he found this, that the happiest people are those who help others. And here's how he came to this conclusion. So he had a big group of people. He said, write down 10 people that you know the best. And beside their name, write happy or unhappy. 10 people you know the best, happy or unhappy. Now, beside their names, also write down selfish or unselfish. So you got a list of people, happy, unhappy. And then underneath, put selfish or unselfish. And he described selfish as this. A stable tendency to devote one's time and resources to one's own interests and welfare. An unwillingness to inconvenience oneself for others. So they did this. And what he found was that all the people labeled happy were also labeled unselfish. Are we surprised? He wrote that those whose activities are devoted to bring themselves happiness are far less likely to be happy than those whose efforts are devoted to making others happy. He concluded... Do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. He came right back to the golden rule that God gave us a long time ago. So our joy is, again, comes from the inside. And it's really accented as we help other people. Another thing that joy does and the way we can help just stir up this gift inside of us is by making a choice to sing. Isaiah 52 verse 9 says, break forth into joy. Sing together. You waste places of Jerusalem. For the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. Break forth into joy. Break forth into joy. Joy, this almost sounds like an oxymoron. Joy will break something. Joy is powerful. It's like a chisel or a joy to me is like, we call this a gooseneck on the farm. but It's also called a crowbar. This doesn't look like joy, <laughs> but it is joy. This looks like a weapon of some kind. And when my dad would give me one of these, I knew what we had to do. We had to take something apart. You know, if you look at this thing, it's, this end is here is all beaten up because somebody's hammered against here because they stuck this end under something. And if you use one of these tools, you, you hammer this thing in, you pry it under there, you got lots of leverage in, you, got, you can open it up. 
Do you know when you're in a hard time and things are really tough and you need a spiritual breakthrough, your joy is like this crowbar. It will get into the spiritual realm and it will crack things open. It'll, there's a breakthrough. It's, it's a, there's something about joy that breaks through in the spiritual realm. You won't feel like singing. You'll feel like going hiding in a corner. You'll feel like escaping somewhere or another. But if you will take this gift that you've been given, joy, and in the midst of your darkest hour, if you will sing in the spiritual realm, you'll put this crowbar in there, and it will open up a breakthrough for you. It's a powerful, powerful tool. Now, the last thing your enemy wants you to do is sing. He'll try to stop. He said, you're crazy. Why are you singing? You shouldn't be singing. You're depressed. You're, you, you lost it. You're, it's all over. You shouldn't be singing. But he said, no, I make a choice to rejoice. Now, how can you do that? Yeah, thank God for that. We make a choice to rejoice. We do that because we have to focus on God's character. If you focus on your circumstance, there's no way you can sing. You can't. But if you focus on God, then you can sing. This is what David did in Psalm chapter 28, verse 7. The Lord is my strength and shield. My heart trusts in him, and I am helped. My heart leaps for joy, and I'll give him thanks to him in song. The Lord's my help. Things are tough, but God's with me, and I'm going to sing. And when I do that, something breaks in the spiritual realm. It's not by accident that we sing before the service. It's an offering to God, but it also does something in the spiritual realm. Something is cleared out in the spiritual realm when we sing. Singing can change the spiritual atmosphere. In Acts 16, 25, and 26, it was at midnight that Paul and Silas were praying and what? Singing hymns to God. They're in prison. Now, this is not the Canadian Crowbar Hotel. The Canadian prison is, is like a five-star hotel compared to what they were staying in. This is a Roman prison with rats and smell and, 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 and chains on, and they are in one really, really tough place. It's worse than a third-world prison. They're in prison, and they're not griping. They're not complaining. What are they doing? They're using their crowbar. And they're, they're making a breakthrough in the spiritual realm. And what happens? Suddenly, there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately, all the doors were opened. What, what, uh, what opened them? We had a, we had a crowbar did. That joy crowbar. It's my new book, The Joy Crowbar. <laughs> and everyone's chains were loose. There's a... One of Napoleon's generals, he had 18,000 men. He was camped outside of an Austrian town. And they were going to take this little Austrian town. Austrian town had no defenses. And the, the dean of the school, of the church, said, you know what, guys? We should, it's Easter. Let's just have a service anyhow. I mean, these guys are going to come wipe us out, but let's just have a service. And so they got everybody in the church. They rang the church bells, and they sang, and they celebrated, rang the church bells. And they just said, we're going to celebrate. And they sang in the face of destruction. When Napoleon's army heard that, they thought, oh, no, they are celebrating because they have got reserves have come in to help them. We're in trouble. Let's just leave now. And so the army left. And their breakthrough came in their singing. They didn't realize it until afterwards, but that joyous sound actually drove the enemy back. A good example of what happens in the spiritual realm when you sing. Singing is a great act of faith. It means you believe God's going to get you through. 
You, faith has action. And if you're griping and complaining, that's not faith. Faith is singing in the midst of your tragedy. Psalm 35, 27 says, Let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteousness. And let them say continually, Let the Lord be magnified who is pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. God can replace mourning and tears for joy. Psalm 126, 5, Those who sow in tears will reap with songs of joy. You might be thinking, joy, I don't, I don't want to even think about that. I, I don't want to pretend that everything's okay. I don't want to pretend. I, I, I'm in this terrible situation. I can't pretend that it's okay. It's not okay. And you're right, it isn't. Be honest with God. Just come before God like the psalmist says, God, I'm in this challenging situation. It's so hard. The hurt is so bad. And give him your tears. And when you give him your tears, he gives you joy. Have you ever come before God and you just wept and cried and you got up and you felt like, oh, I'm so refreshed. He exchanges tears for joy. And you, and you pour your heart out to him. And in the hardest and worst condition, God has this way of giving us joy despite how hard the situation might be. When we think of the people that are in Newtown, Connecticut, and the ones that have experienced this loss this past week, what do you do with that? You go to God and say, God, this is where it's at. Can God give joy in that situation? Yes. As extreme as that sounds, but yes, he can. And I, I shared last night an example. I was thinking of you, Terry, last night, Terry Kesson, and I thought of how your sister passed away a number of years ago at Christmas time, hit by a drunk driver. And Terry, you're a great example of that. You, you had joy in the midst of such tragedy. It didn't come from the outside, but it came from the inside. And you were, you were, Terry was a testimony to all of us. In the midst of that tragedy, there was a joy. There was a strength that came from the inside. A song despite the sadness of the hour. Folks, this is one of our greatest strengths as believers. And throughout the centuries, this has been a gift for believers. And it's available for all of us. But it is a choice. We have to make a choice to sing even in the darkness of the hour. God is there with us. We just need to tap into his strength. There's a verse that I uh, want to read, Isaiah 61.3. To console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes. Now look at this verse here. The oil of joy for mourning. Joy, oil. Oil makes things smooth. Things smoothen out. If you take joy out of it, it's really, it just things just grind. When you put this joy in there, things go smoother. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Sometimes you have to put on the garment. Remember you used to sing that song? Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Well, that's an oldie. Yeah, that's an oldie. Alan used to play that for us, didn't you? Yeah. And, but I, I like that. It's put on the garment of praise. It's, somebody said, you know what Christianity is? Christianity is just a big put on. Oh, you're absolutely right. It is a big put on. You got to put on the garment of praise. It's a choice. Put on the garment for the spirit of heaviness. And there's just something that happens. The heaviness lifts from you with this garment of praise. And I don't know about you, but I have to prime the pump. It doesn't come right away. The first five minutes of singing is like, this is not doing anything. I don't know what the pastor is talking about. I'm going to quit now. I'm just going to go back to my depression. No, just hang in there. Hang in there. Don't quit. Just, just keep singing. Put on the garment of praise. And after a while, whew, this well's beginning to flow. 
on the farm, we had to prime the pump. We poured water down there, pumped and pumped and pumped, poured some more water in. All of a sudden, the, the well began to flow. And that's the way it is with this. So prime the pump, let the water flow, and you'll find that that joy will spring up within you. In 1860, there was a very famous poet by the name of Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. And uh, he had, he had, it was, life was pretty good for him. And then the following year, civil war broke out. He was involved in politics. And one day, his wife was taking their daughter's hair and putting in envelopes. And I don't know what she was keeping it for, but she was putting aside her hair. And she was sealing with wax in these envelopes. And she, of course, there was a candle. And somehow her dress caught on fire. And so she was on fire. Her husband was sleeping. Henry was sleeping. And he, he hears a screaming. And he runs in there. And he tries to put out the fire on his wife. And, and he does. But she's severely burnt, and the next day, she dies. He, too, was burnt, burnt so bad that he couldn't even go to the funeral. And his face was scarred, and after that, from then on, he would wear a beard because he couldn't shave anymore. His face was so scarred. And that happened when it was in 1861. And then uh, the following year, his son went off to war. In, in, in one year, he wrote, he, he said, How in, inexpressibly sad are the holidays. And another year he wrote, as the war went on, he said, A Merry Christmas, say the children, but that is no more for me. And then the next year he didn't write anything in the diary. But then in 1864, he sat down and tried to capture the joy of the season. And he began, I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar's carols play. And wild and sweet, the words repeat, of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And as he came to the third stanza, he was stopped by the thought of the condition of his country. Battle of Gettysburg had happened. The days were dark. He probably thought, how can I write about peace on earth, goodwill to men in this war-torn country where brothers fight brother, father against son? But he kept writing. And in despair, I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks a song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. It seems as if he could have been writing in our time. Hmm. Because he writes on... And he says, Then peal the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail, with peace on earth, goodwill to men. And that's how we got the song, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. He got that song. He found a joy in the midst of a hardship, and he wrote this song. The greatest gift we have is this gift that Christ gives us of his life, and with that is joy. Joy really is found in Christ. He is the giver of joy. He came to give us great joy. John 15, 11 says, These things I've spoken to you, spoken to us, that my joy, my joy, this is a source of joy, my joy. You can get Jesus joy. You get all kinds of brands of stuff, right? You, you get all kinds of gasoline, all kinds of you know, pop, all kinds of chocolate bars, all kinds of brands. And there is, if I, like, if I can put it this way, there is a brand of joy, Jesus joy, my joy. Not as the world gives, my joy will remain in you and your joy may be full. Man, that's our prayer for you this Christmas, that this joy of the Lord would be within you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you would like to download free notes from this message, then visit our website, www.coastalchurch.org.